dovetail the Christian faith. On the contrary, it enhances our belief. We do not understand the intricate pattern of the stars in their courses, but we know that he who created them does, and that just as surely as he guides them, he is charting a safe course for our lives as well. See, I'm not going to try to explain God. That would be ludicrous. Simply want to explain two things. One, I want to encourage you on how to rest. How to rest in those unknown times. And then two, how to become the person God can confide in. See, when we want the answers... The only way we're going to get them is in a close relationship with God. And when he does want to reveal those secrets, he's going to whisper them to the ones he's closest to. So how do we become that person that God can confide in? First, resting in the unknown times. How do we rest in those times when it seems like it's turmoil, tornado, madness, madness. How do we rest in that? First, and I know it's oversimplistic almost to state, but we have to be okay with not knowing. Be okay with that mystery that only God can handle, really. The best miracles happen outside of the realm of our understanding. I love hearing the testimonies of things that are beyond our ability to understand. I mean, over and over again, I love reading, and actually I got it on Audible now, and but to hear those giants of the faith, you know, Smith Wigglesworth and Amy Simple McPherson and all these other big greats that seen all these miracles. And it's like, how does that happen? Well, even Bill Johnson down there, wherever he's at in California, over and over again, they've seen metal parts that are put into people's bodies when they're praying for them fall out onto the floor. And then they look and there's not even a mark where that used to be. How does that happen? Screws. That one person picked up the screws and said, that, that's what was in my leg. Yeah. How, how does that happen? You know, how does a part of the body that wasn't there before, all of a sudden after praying for them, they have it. I mean, the, the one girl, I just heard this testimony. She had no muscle in her legs her legs never grew she was 14 years old never grew from almost a baby they didn't say how big but she could never stand up you know she just so the rest of her body grew but her legs didn't prayed for stood up and they looked down and she's got normal sized legs how does that happen You look through the Bible and weird things. You know, a borrowed axe head 
you know, sinks to the bottom of the lake, right? So let's toss a stick on the water and then the axe head will float so you can get it. What? Oh, 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 you're blind? Let me spit in the mud and put the mud on your eyes and now you can see. Oh, you have leprosy? Well, go dip in the lake seven times. You'll be fine. What? Why do some need to believe for their healing where others, Jesus just walked by and they were healed? Or Peter in the shadows. Or a sweat cloth from working. How can you explain that? It's almost like another, you know, a notch in, in your vehicle, you know, where there's park, reverse, neutral, right? There needs to be a notch that just says, I'm okay with not knowing. <laughs> That's how we need to continue to move along. Just be okay with not being able to figure it out. Because if God's a God you can figure out, he's not a very big God. If he only moves in your understanding, he's not a very big God. And if, like I said, if you can figure him out. Yeah. So we need to keep the mystery of God in the okay position in our life. It's okay to not know all the details, to not know a formula. It should be a huge relief to us to understand that God's miracles are not contingent upon our ability. And it's much easier to rest when you don't have to figure out all the details. Right? I mean, as a parent, it bugs me to no end when I ask my kids, what were you thinking? And they go, I don't know. I don't know. But have you ever asked them that and seen the peace on their face like they're okay with just not knowing? Hello. I think we lost that. We got to be okay with, I don't know. I tell the staff all the time. I said, As, the longer I've been in the Lord, the more I feel comfortable in saying, I don't know. Well, haven't you studied it? Yeah, and it doesn't make sense. Because I thought it was this way, but then I found it later this way. And so what is, I don't know. It's okay. It should be a huge relief to us. You know, you don't have to carry that around and know all the answers and figure everything out. You know, it should be, I don't know. It's okay to not know. Worry, stress, anxiety, fear, they're all thieves that will steal from you. They steal your rest. They steal your peace. They steal your joy. And what's the kingdom all about? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Anxiety, fear, stress, worry, right? Why? Why do you get that way? Because you're trying to figure things out. You want an explanation. You got to find an answer, right? 
So worry, anxiety, fear, all of them just keeps your attention going 90 miles an hour, you know, and your heart racing and you get, and I got to do this and I got to do that. And what am I going to do about this? And what am I going to do about that? And they're like, bingo. That's exactly where they want to keep you. Why? Because you can't be focusing on the one if you got your eyes spread out on a thousand other things. There can't be peace. There can't be rest in you if you're looking at a thousand other things. The unknown. How do you find rest in those unknown times? Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, God says. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. That should give us peace. Oh, so I don't have to figure out everything. Oh, so I don't have to tell God how he needs to answer this prayer of mine. So I don't need to give God a detailed list of this is what I need. This is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it. You mean you can figure this one out without me? Yeah. Could you imagine your three-year-old sitting in the back seat? Uh, turn right at this next corner. We're going to go this way and then we're going to go this Really? You're going to tell me? You're going to tell me which way to go? Just sit back and enjoy the ride. Be okay. Put your, your little, what's that called? Drive stick? What? Steering shift, your shifter in the okay position. Now I feel like one of those attendants, airline attendants. Dropping. There's exits this way, but don't use them while we're in the air. No. Be, yeah, be okay. Be okay with those unknown times. It's when we focus our attention on knowing the why to every problem or situation that we are actually demanding God to explain himself to us. When you're all about the why, 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 why is this going wrong? Why is this happening? Why is it's like a little two-year-old holding their breath and saying, you tell me why. Well, I don't have to tell you anything, right? Get yourself up off that floor, right? We're going this way. Well, I'm going this way. You can come with me or you can stay there. I remember, I'm sorry. There was, when I had a bunch of little kids in my house, there was actually a parenting teaching that was going around about allow those children to express their feelings in the grocery store when they want a candy bar and you're in the grocery aisle and they throw a fit on the floor. Allow them to do this. I thought that almost sounds good, but what did you tell me that what you just say at staff meeting that the enemy will flood you with truth in order to float a lie? There is not, that is not okay. And I remember, I don't even remember which kid because there were so many at one time, not like Amy or Tom or any of Snyder's or none of them, but 
I remember saying, hey, you can stay there. You can go with me. I'm leaving. You know? Or else I'd just pick them up by the e ear. We don't go down there like that. You want that candy bar? Yeah. No. We're going now. <laughs> anyway. But when we, when we become the, I'm not moving until you explain yourself to me why. Now, if God had to explain his every move to you, for one thing, you would disintegrate because your ways are so much lower than his way. And if he was to try to share that with you, I don't think your brain could handle it. And you'd probably just do one of those little, you know. Just trust me. Can you just hear the father heart saying, just, just trust me. So how do we rest in those unknown times? Last Wednesday, while I was um, praying for a couple of friends of mine who are going through these unknown times, God gave me what I believe will be the ending to this book I've been writing called Preaching Through the Pain. The epilogue is simply titled Purpose to the Pain. Let me read it to you. Says, I guess the biggest question, the roadblock at times to every pain is in knowing what's the purpose. Is there a purpose? Anyone can undergo pain, whether short or long term, if the purpose is made clear. It's when we sit in the middle of this pain without a reason that can cause us to lose heart. Common questions like, is this God? Or is this an attack of the enemy? Is God trying to work something out of me or is the devil trying to put something in me? Then what do we do when we turn to God for answers and all we hear is the echo of crickets chirping? The unknown reason, the purpose for this pain seems to be the elusive anchor we search for in our storm. But will knowing the why really keep us from the pain? What if the purpose is to teach us to trust him when we don't have the answers? Can knowing we don't need to know become our purpose through every pain? What if we simply resolve to trust and obey, as the old hymn declares, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Resting. In those unknown times is a must. Keep our eyes focused on God, not on our problems, not even on ourselves. Can you see that? Just on God. That's how we rest in the unknown times. And then how do we become the person that God can confide in? Jesus taught in parables. So that those who wanted to know would lean into him, would search him out. He explained to his disciples in Mark 4.11 that he says, To you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God. But those who are outside get everything in parables. There's that sifting of who really wants to know, who wants to draw in, who wants to get close, who wants to know his heart. Think about it. We'd call a person crazy who went around to everybody they met and disclosed their secrets to them, right? 
That's just crazy. What are you doing? No. You wait until somebody gets close to you, and then you can get closer to them. And then it's in that close relationship that you feel that ability to confide. That release of that closeness of. But bringing them into that confidence. That's what God wants for us. He wants that close relationship with us. Proverbs 3.32 says, The Lord detests a perverse man, but takes the upright into his confidence. Psalms 25.14 says, The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. And it's here that I want to just kind of camp for the rest of this message is in Genesis 18. I'm sure you've all already turned there, right? To be that person that God can confide in, we'll start with verse 1, Genesis 18. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they said. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three seas of fine flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf, gave it to his servant who hurried to prepare it. Then he brought some curds and milk in the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Jump down to verse 16. When the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Verse 20. Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went towards Sodom. But Abraham remained standing before the Lord. And actually the original Hebrew of that reads this way. It says the men turned away and went towards Sodom. But the Lord remained standing before Abraham. There's some lessons that we can learn there about how to become the one that the Lord would confide in. How to be the one that the Lord would remain in your presence. That one's huge. But if you continue reading the rest of this story, 
after he shared or after he confided in Abraham what he was about ready to do, there was a purpose for him remaining there. He remained in Abraham's presence because with that confidence, with that close relationship where God speaks a word into your life when he confides into you, there's a reason for that. Because he wants to partner with you. Now what are you going to do with what I just shared with you? Because then it said, then Abraham stood and drew close to the Lord. And then he began to intercede for Sodom and Gomorrah, right? He remained in Abraham's presence because he just told him something. And I'm sure in all the Lord's wisdom, he thought, now what are you going to do with that? He could have went, oh, well, at least we'll be okay. Right? Go, I hope everything turns out for you. Do you think he would continue to have been the father of many nations if that was his heart? The Lord wants you to draw in close to him. So he'll draw in close to you so that he can confide in you things that we just could know no other way. And then he'll wait there in our presence. In our presence. What are you going to do with that? I think it's that uh, I'm ready to partner with you. I will speak the divine word to you. Within that word is the power to accomplish the word. Here it is in your hand. What are you going to do with it? What? In my, in your hand. He places that word like a seed. Now what are you going to do with it? Good word, Lord. Pat you on the back. Good word. I'll write it in my journal. What are you going to do with it? Key points to look at. All this started with Abraham resting. He was found resting outside his tent. So those unknown times when everything is helter-skelter, Right? Everything's running. You're going here. You're going there. and You're doing this. And I've got a million things. And my to-do list is went into tomorrow's list. And next week's list. And next month's list. Right? And you're going a million miles an hour. And you're running into the grocery store. And running out of the grocery store. It was in that rest that he was looking for the Lord. And he saw the Lord. But see, when we can't even rest, we can't even get our eyes up off our to-do list to see the Lord. Right in front of him. This is what uh, Bible studies call a theophany. It's the, visual man, it's the visual manifestation of the Lord before the Lord came to earth. Theophany. He saw the Lord before the Lord had a bodily form. Because he was resting and looking for the Lord. 
If you're one of those people that only see trouble all the time or how, you know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, everything's horrible, that's all you'll see. But when we start in a place of rest, and I'm not just talking about once a week, and yes, you need to have that, we all need to have that, that's for the rejuvenation of and the realignment of our priorities to keep God centered once a week, Sabbath day, done. But you need to be in a perpetual rest so that when the flies of the world start buzzing around your head trying to get you to go 90 miles an hour and you know, a hundred different directions, you can just swat them away. No. Peace resides here. The kingdom of heaven is about righteousness, peace, and joy. That kingdom has to be in here before you can affect it or, or translate it out here. It's got to be in here. So that's where you need to start. So you need to be in a continual state of rest. And he'll try to throw his darts at you. And the flies will try to land on you. Swat them away. But then he saw. It's in that rest that he could see clearly. And he could see the Lord. And you're going to mess up a thousand times. Please, the minute that you hear something really good like this, and I'm saying this is really good because I'm sitting here thinking, this is really good. Thank you. It's not me at all. <laughs> well, it is, and it's not. It's that partnering with. Okay, so anyway. The, the enemy likes speaking into our ear, condemning guilty. Oh, see, you're not like that. I heard that fight you had last night. See, your house is never going to be like this. A righteous man falls a thousand times, but why is he named righteous? Because he keeps getting back up, dusting it off. Ah, uh, screwed up there. I'm sorry, God. And goes on. Not takes two, three, four weeks. Oh, I'm a worm. I'm horrible. This is awful. Just dust it off and go on. We had uh, anybody like Facebook Market besides me? We might have to have a support group for Facebook Market people. But we were just, Brian and I was just thinking the other day, you're looking around the house, and I'm like, look at all this junk, you know? Somebody wants to buy it, right? Let's take pictures of it, put it on Facebook market. I mean, like that. It was like people was responding, really, you want this? You know? Like one day, couple minutes, I mean, seriously, snap a picture, post it, how much? $45. I'm like, this is cool. I love this. And so one of the people that was, you know, we met a couple people up at the gas, and then one person's coming to the house, and, so she was coming in, and as she was coming in the house, and I, you know, let her in the house, and I walked over to grab the item, bring it back. I heard her saying, man, it's just been one of these crazy days. And then I kind of tuned her out because I'm thinking about getting her the item, cleaning it off, getting the money from her, getting out the door. Then they backed out of my, right in the middle of my yard. I'm like, what was that about, you know? And we're looking out the window, you know, dude, the driveway's that way, <laughs> What is he doing? I thought he was getting stuck in my front yard. I'm like, you're not going that way. And then about an hour later, I looked at Brian. Went, oh, my gosh. She was trying to tell us she was going through something. And I just pushed her out of the house. So I'm like, Brian, I'm so sorry. And God, oh, my 
Lord, I'm so sorry. I missed it. What was I doing? So finally, Brian's like, well, what do you, you can't do anything now. I said, no, I can do something now. So I messaged her. Man, would you forgive me? I am so sorry. You stepped into my house. You started to tell me something you were going through, and I just pushed you right back out the door. I'm so sorry. Is there something I can pray with you about? I could have just, you know, went into my room. I'm such a worm, Lord. I'm so horrible, right? Just dust it off. Make it right, if you can. Turn your vehicle around. Go back again, right? Rest. Be looking for the Lord wherever you go. And you'll see him. Because it's that third one. Abraham wasted no time in serving the Lord. Did you hear all those verbs? I was told this first service, these were verbs. He hurried. He ran. He went quickly. You hear that? Yeah. He didn't say, oh, you sit down there. I'll be with you in a minute. No. Quickly went. When you're resting, you're looking for the Lord. He's going to direct you, tell you things. And if you sit there and chew on it forever and want to confide or uh, consult with a hundred other people to make sure that this is the Lord telling you what to do, so much fear and anxiety will come over you, the opportunity will drive right past. And then you'll be like, well, it must not have been the Lord. No, it was the Lord just about 10 days ago, you know? He hurried. He wasted no time. He quickly went. It says also that Abraham stood near them while they were eating. Did you catch that one even? They were eating, people. <laughs> the Lord. Angels, eating. I, I mean, we like to, you know, wrap our little mind around, you know, angels being these things that we can walk through and put our hands, but they can eat too. And it doesn't just fall out their belly. There's substance to them. I mean, how many times did Jesus eat? After he was resurrected and came back and showed himself to his disciples. Two that are listed. Yeah, sushi. <laughs> Two times it was listed that he, would, he actually sat down and ate with them. I mean, however many more, I don't know. Could have been a thousand other times that he did. That just wasn't, you know, written down for us. And here, it, before he even had a physical form... He ate with them. And Abraham was found standing with them, standing near them. There's that whole draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. When you're sitting in service or you're going through your daily routine and your weekly routine, I got to encourage you to go beyond what you normally do. Do something to draw near, to draw closer. 
to draw into God. If you normally come and sit in the fifth row back on the left-hand side, second seat in every service, every Sunday, come into the fourth row. You know, if, you, if you're one of those people that this is your worship, you know, form, this, do this. You know, well, I'm a this person. I'm not a this person. You know, do this. Why not? Well, I, I would never kneel before the Lord. Well, you know, I, I can, you know, I, I kneel in my heart before the Lord. Do something that you don't normally do that draws you a little bit closer. If you normally give this amount of money every week, do a little more, something more. I heard a word for pre-service during pre-service prayer that I encouraged the team that was back there with me praying that when God sends a challenge to you or an invitation, see, now I like to be challenged. So I, I always, I hear challenge because I like a challenge. I rise to a challenge. Don't ever double dog dare me on anything. Because I'll do it. But then I'll turn it back on you. That's right. I like a challenge. So I always hear when the Lord challenges you. But some people don't like a challenge. Actually, you start to talk to them and you can see their arms going up and starting to fold and they're in defense mode. Right? So let's, whether you like to be challenged or you like to be invited. If the Lord invites you into closer more, deeper, whatever it is, giving more, doing more, worshiping more, you know, coming in, whatever it is, why wouldn't you? You know, what we discussed a little bit in pre-service prayer is when another believer invites you, to do something like that, to, to help what says that we're supposed to, uh, was it spur one another along is not a, a nice feely thing. Spur one another on toward good works, good things. Why? Because if we're a body, we're all in this together. And if you win, we win. If you go closer, we end up going closer. If we're going closer and you're hanging out back here like a limp limb, <laughs> I'm hideous, I'm a monster, don't look at me, right? You know, of course we're going to speak to you, not in a, you know, judgmental, it's like, come on, dude, buck up, right? Come on, pick yourself up. What does that scripture say? You're hanging on limbs loose and you know, it says straighten up your back, pick up your shoulder, you know? Come on, let's go. Why? Because you win, we win. Why would you take a defensive stand against going in more with God? Going closer to God. Well, I can get close to God right here. Well, good luck with that. But I want you to know this is you and the body. If that's what you're doing. So of course we want to encourage you. Of course. And when somebody does that. 
says something challenges me. I'll tell you, my flesh wants to rise up and say, who are you? Try to say that to me. But I've got to where I'm like, okay. You know? I was laughing about this with a friend of mine. She's like, what do you do when people want to cast demons out of you? Do you believe you have demons? I'm like, I don't even care if they're there. Cast them out. You know? I don't try to get, oh, brother. You know, that can't be. I'm like, well, I don't care. Pray for it. You know, cast them out. If you see something I don't, go ahead. You think I need to be on my face and you tell me I think you need to be on Okay, I'll get on my face. You know? Whatever. Just do it. Hello, boy. I really... Whatever, Lord. Just do it. I'm saying we're if we're supposed to love one another, spur one another onto good works, why would we say something that would hurt? And if somebody, which inevitably, somebody will, say something that hurts you and doesn't bring out the best in you, then obviously they need your love. They need your prayer, right? Because if they were in a right relationship with the Lord, they wouldn't have said that. They wouldn't have done that. So instead of setting back, oh, who do you think? Just love them. Pray for them. You know, and sometimes he can use a jackass to tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing. You know? And if you didn't know that, that is in the Bible. Okay, I should have said donkey. Just dust that one off. So, just here. That it's trying to get you to draw near to God. Getting closer to God. Because we want to be those people he can confide in. And then when he speaks that word to us, He's going to wait in our presence. What are you going to do with it? I love that. He wasted no time. He stood near them. And then he walked along with them. Resting. Looking for God. He wasted no time doing what he was supposed to do. Serving the Lord. Wasted no time. Wasted no time. Stood near them, and then he was able to walk with them. Then it says, the Lord turned to him while they were walking together and said, should I keep from him what I'm about ready to do? Oh, I want that relationship. I want to be so close with him, doing what he said, immediate obedience. Wasn't that Rod Loy's book? I think a bunch of us ended up reading Rod Loy, pastor, church, media obedience is the name of his book. And he talks about this. No more procrastination in the body. Just do it. Just do it. Because if you don't, you end up letting fear in, you know, worrying. And then you play out the scenario in your head of all these 99 things that could go wrong. When you just need to, go do it. Quickly. I like that. He hurried. He ran. Quick, he told Sarah. Why? He didn't go into the tent and say, now, could this be the Lord? Now, how could we see the Lord if we haven't seen the Lord yet? You know? Let's pray about this. No. He said, quickly. Let's go. Then to have that look, the Lord turn to you. Say, now, what are you going to do? Why? He's standing in your presence. 
See, it was Oswald Chambers that says, at the beginning of our Christian life, we are full of requests to God. But then we find that God wants to get us into an intimate relationship with himself. To get us in touch with his purposes, his plan, hear his heart. Are we so intimately united with him that we hear the secrets of God? What makes God so dear to us is not so much what he does for us, but what he does with us. Because that's what shows his amazing intimacy with us. See, there will always be times in our lives where we would need an answer from God. We would like an explanation of why this occurred. Like Amy shared, the, the worship leader that wrote that song. The stillborn. He's holding. We would like an answer. We would like an explanation. How do we rest? How do we have peace? How do we have joy in those unknown times? His ways are higher than our ways. We don't need to know. We need to be okay with that mystery of God. We must resolve like Abraham to rest in him, look to him, waste no time in serving him, stand near him so that when he gets up to walk, we can walk with him. And then it's in those times that he can turn to us, confide in us, speak that word to us, place it right in our hand and say, now, what are you going to do with it? Hmm. So Crystal or Amy, whoever's here, would come back up. I want to close this message. If you could just stand, I want to ask you those two things. One, if you're going through an unknown time, and you just need some people to pray with you, some brothers and sisters to pray with you, that you could have that rest when it seems like the tornado is going through your, your life right now. You don't have answers and why is this happening? Why is that happening? And this is going on and that's going on and you just need rest. We want to pray with you. As a matter of fact, if, would you just bow your heads Respect the privacy of those around you. And let me ask that same question. Who, who needs prayer? That You're going through an unknown time. Yep, I see your hands. And you need us. Yep, I see your hands. Yep, I see your hands. You know, it's in these times that the enemy likes whispering in your ear. You're supposed to be a mature Christian. You're not supposed to be going through this stuff. Don't raise your hand. Don't let people know what you're going through. That's a lie from the enemy. We need each other. Go ahead and raise your hand. We want to pray with you. Yeah. And then if you're ready to make the commitment today to be the person 
like Abraham was, that God can confide in. There's some uh, decisions you need to make. But you're choosing today to be a person of peace. Rest. That you're going to do something that will continue to draw you closer to God. You're always going to hurry up. Immediate obedience. You're just going to quickly do what he says. You're going to quickly just serve him. You're going to continue to draw into him. So that you're constantly in his presence. Standing near him. So that when he gets up and starts moving, you can walk with him. you're ready to make the commitment to go in and be that person that God can confide in, would you just raise your hand? That's huge. 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 That's saying a lot. There's a a lot of responsibility that comes with that. And there's times that you're going to totally mess it up. But be quick. Get up and dust it off and go on. It's okay. It's okay. We're in this together. I don't want to push past this time. If you're here today, and whether you've had a good relationship with God before, but just feels like you need to make a recommitment with Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you'll follow him, serve him 100%. If you need to make that recommitment or a first-time commitment, please don't hesitate to come up and share that with someone so that we can pray with you, we can partner with you, we can get you plugged in. You understand we're in this together. We're the body So let's just press in. Come on, let's come up to the front. Let's begin. I want you guys to pray with each other. So when you come up front, I want you to get somebody and ask them, what do you need prayer for? Can you pray with me about? Come on, let's talk to each other. Let's pray with each other. And while you're coming up, let me just pray for you. Father, we thank you for this word. God, you are so good and so faithful. You're so amazing. You're multifaceted in every word you speak, Lord, that we think that we know it one way, but then you reveal another way. And it's in that multifaceted mystery that we just praise you in. God, thank you, Lord, that your ways are higher than our ways, that your thoughts are higher than our thoughts, that you are a big, big, big God. We love you. We love you. We love you for that. We're so just enamored in awe of your majesty. Your your wisdom is beyond, Lord, anything we could fathom. Lord, that you put together the universe, the galaxies. You hold it all together with your very word. God, we're just blown away to know that you are so immense, so immeasurably beyond anything we can comprehend, yet you are intimately involved in our every thought, our every heartbeat. 
our every concern. And you invite us into this intimate relationship with you. And God, today we say yes. We say yes. Yes. Yes to you. Yes to draw closer to you. Yes to come into your confidence. And God, choose us. Choose us. Choose us as the one you can confide in so that we can partner with you. With you. And revealing your love to the world. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way.